Hello, and welcome to Once More with Commentary. We're a Buffy and Angel podcast. I'm Ginny. I'm Allie. And we're turning things around this week, I think. Yeah. I don't want to speak for Allie, but well, this week we're going to talk only bad things about Buffy and only nice things about Angel, I think. That's not true. Okay. 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 Well, at a minimum, we're going to like the Angel more than the Buffy. Is that not accurate? <laughs> I don't oh know. Oh my God. Do you love this episode of Buffy? No, I don't love, I don't oh, love it. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't want to say that I loved either, but it's okay. true that maybe parts of the Angel one were stronger, but I... Only parts? I, I don't I don't know. I had a okay. really interesting time watching this episode of Angel. I was like, I mean, so yeah. excited. It's not exactly what I was expecting because like, yeah. I didn't remember that this took place over two episodes, I guess. I think I think that's what it is. I think it suffers the same way that the first um, Buffy the one. first Buffy ones did because mm-hmm. it was like I was imagining the whole arc, and when yeah. you only get part of it, it's a little bit like, oh yeah. right, okay, okay. Well, I'm all the more excited to talk about it then. Also, I just really want to talk about where the wild things are because I have a weird <laughs> personal story about it, and also it's just a hot mess, and I want to just crap all over it. <laughs> it is an awful episode. <laughs> well, <laughs> Before we get into that, oh, yeah. Jenny, how how are you? I I want to uh, you know. I want to say something something very nice to you today. Thank you. Which is may the fourth be with you. <laughs> uh, you nerd. Just kidding. <laughs> I wore my Darth Vader shirt today and my little start. I have a little stormtrooper enamel pin. I did not do. I did not wear anything dress like Star Wars appropriate, but mm. I do want to mention that the water, the sparkling water machine at work was reprogrammed to give the menu in Star Wars font. That's funny. And That's it really scrolled weird. like the opening credits, like <laughs> once there was a water or like there was something really about funny. the story of the water machine fighting pollution or something. <laughs> Actually. Okay. So two things I only remember, I only wore my Darth Vader shirt because I was listening to the radio when I was getting ready and they were like, said something about May the 4th. And I was like, Oh great. I'll do that. Also, I don't know how to dress right now because after six months of winter, it has decided to be summer. And I was just like, really struggling this morning anyway. So they were like, May the 4th. And I was like, got it. I'll do that t-shirt and then I'll just call it a day. Um, but the other good thing is that I occasionally, I usually make coffee for myself, but a couple, sometimes I buy it instead. And I went, the place that I really like getting coffee at has the grump, the world's grumpiest, like barista. (laughs) Like I always, he must be the manager or something. He just always looks like he's just so supremely irritated by all of his coworkers. (laughs) I have maybe once seen him look like he was not completely mad at everyone. And today he was just like in a chipper mood already, I think, because he was a nerd and it was May the 4th. But then he saw my Darth Vader shirt and he was like, oh, cool shirt. And then he like showed me that he had put like a May the 4th sign up on the counter. And so what I'm saying is I think I won over the grumpy barista. I don't care if he still hates his coworkers. I just want him to like me. So (laughs) I think I laid the groundwork. He didn't like give me free coffee or anything, though. Whatever. That might not be within his power. I think he's the manager. I think he could have done it. Hmm. Um, it's also Cinco de Cuatro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't acknowledge that. <laughs> but see, here's a, is it Cinco de Cuatro or Cuatro de Mayo? That's what I think it is Cinco de Cuatro, but that, yeah, are you, are you, or are you not quoting Arrested Development right now, Allie? I am. What? Okay. This never happens. And you're quoting season four, which is like <laughs> the, the one terrible season. This is a lot of weird things happening right now. <laughs> but I, but I, I was thinking about it because it doesn't make, I mean, I never took Spanish, but it, it doesn't, doesn't make, make any sense. That's the right? joke, Allie. Okay. <laughs> this is why I never quote arrested anyone. 
I think it, it, is, it, it is Cinco de Cuatro. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of holidays today, <laughs> is what I'm saying. There's been a, well, a week a of like dive. weird, random, made-up holidays. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew that the first week of May was so holiday-heavy? Wait, what other holidays are going on? Uh, it's gonna be May. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was like May Day, I guess, but that's a real holiday. <laughs> there was May Day, and then tomorrow Cinco de Mayo. There's a lot of like weird, made-up things. Well, Cinco de Mayo is not made up, made up but <laughs> okay. it's it's made up the way we celebrate it here. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's like not a real thing. Barely a thing in Mexico. Um, um, yeah. Ah. <laughs> so now that everybody's aware of the place and time. Okay. It's May 4th today. It was May 1st a few days ago, and it's <laughs> May 5th tomorrow. And even further ago, it was April 30th. <laughs> <laughs> I spend a okay. lot of time. Okay, never mind. I'm not going to say that. Um, well, what are you going to say? No, 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 no. No, oh. I take it back. <laughs> okay. Jenny's not going to share. Um, I'm not going to share. But are you gonna are you gonna share? We're talking about where the wild things are. Yeah, am I gonna share the summary? I don't know. Are you gonna do the summary? I don't know. Last time you said you had a personal story I do. about it. You I don't know, know if you're gonna wait. Why? Well, I, I was gonna do it. Well, I know what it is, oh, okay, but everyone okay. else I doesn't. I thought you didn't know what it was. No, let me explain the summary. And I'm then like eighty percent sure that I know what it is. <laughs> I'm gonna be really disappointed if you don't. Um, let me explain the episode, and then I can explain it. Because okay. this isn't, it's not going to make as much sense if we... I mean, if you didn't watch the episode, it's going to make zero <laughs> sense anyway. So why? why? But I'll still give the summary. I think that'll help. <clears throat> okay, so where the wild things are. But right? also, what I'm, at, probably if I had to rank all the seasons of Buffy and all the episodes, I think this is my absolute least favorite episode. Wait, so you are saying that I you hate prefer... I this episode. I don't prefer... I, Robot, you, Jane. Yeah, actually, I am saying that. Wow. Big can, claims happening. I'm not here. saying it's better, but I prefer it. I Robot You Jane is so bad. It's not so bad that it's good, but it's so bad that it's funny. It's like you can gain some sort of enjoyment out of how terrible it is. But this one is just bad and boring and it doesn't make sense. I don't know. Okay. Let me we're getting I'm why don't, you're why getting don't you me tell ahead us of myself. what it's about. Yeah. Okay, so Basically, this episode is about Buffy and Riley having sex the whole episode. Problem number one. <laughs> there we one. go. Summary's over. Yeah, that's, that's basically the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> there's barely any conflict. There's, I mean, there's conflict, but there's like, ugh, ugh. Okay. So, yeah, they're filled with passion. They can't stop having sex all the time. Everybody's noticed it because they keep making lame excuses to get away from everybody. Sure, fine. You're in college. Do what you need to do. Um, in contrast, Anya and Xander have maybe hit a dry spell of one night. Not exactly a dry spell, but sure. And, and, but they're generally maybe going through like some sort of a rough patch. So amidst all this, the initiative fraternity house or whatever it is, has decided to throw a party, even though there's also been this like weird uptick in like demon and vampire collaboration. Um, so they have a party and the whole gang is there. And as are many other um, UC Sunnydale students. So Riley and Buffy, again, sneak off to have sex in his room and are apparently, like, off doing it so well that weird things start happening around the whole house. Like, there's a weird orgasm wall that if you touch it, you have an orgasm. And then also Tara and Willow are having, like, a normal kind of flirty conversation, but Tara freaks out. Xander is also, like, skeezily flirting with some girl who, like, then freaks out and cuts off all her hair. Like, weird things keep happening. So finally, things escalate enough that the Scoobies decide that they need to, like, 
seek out Giles and figure out what's going on and how they can stop it. So they find Giles. Side note, he's at an open mic night at the coffee house. It's a great scene. It's the only good scene in this whole entire he's episode. Killing it he's at killing the open it. mic night. They all admit to having a crush on him. It's all totally valid and fair. And as I said, it is the only scene that I enjoyed in this whole episode. <laughs> um, but they quickly piece together what's gone on, which is basically that the fraternity house or whatever it is used to be like a home for orphan children or something to that effect. And the woman that ran it like thinks of herself, she's still alive. They track her down and she thinks of herself as like a very moral, very noble person who took in all these kids. But meanwhile, she's like super religious to the point that she was abusing them for having any, basically for like going through puberty and having any inkling of their own sexuality. So she like gave forced baptisms on them by like sort of drowning them in the bathtub and cut off all their hair when the girls were preening too much and things like that. So these are not ghosts that are haunting the house, but some sort of like, I think Giles says they're apparitions or something, but like basically they left all this like creepy, weird energy behind and it's affecting everybody at the party somehow kickstarted by Buffy and Riley's passionate lovemaking. <laughs> and so finally somebody just literally opens the door where Riley and Buffy have been having sex all night. And then that stops it. Somebody was Anya and Xander, but it's not really important because what did that even amount to? And that's that episode. So I think the problem is, like, the the problem is There's, so ill-defined. Yes. Like, it's well, never clear exactly how they spark this whole thing. Like, no, it's very vague. Like, it Riley is not the first person to ever have sex in this house. Exactly. And they don't love each other so much. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't... And the, the manifestation is really weird. Like, it is. You it's, get the other stuff that makes sense, and then they're, like, the thing where, like, all these weird vines grow outside of the room. Right. Why? Also, Why? also, some of the it's worst like Jumanji just shows some up. of the worst CGI that we've seen in the show, right? Like those those vines look like fucking puppet shit from like a stage performance in a high school play. They did not look good. It was a lot of bad visual effects. I mean, Buffy often has bad visual effects, but like normally it's like part of the campy fun. And in this case, I was just like so annoyed by it that I was like, oh, you can't even get this right. <laughs> and a lot of it feels really contrived, like. It all Why is Spike at the party? Why are Buffy and Riley acting so ridiculous where, like, why are they making all these excuses to, like, sneak off when everybody, like, knows what they're about to do? Like, they're at a party and Buffy's like, oh, you need, need to, to help go me look at my, my essay. Yeah, like, like what? Just You're not fooling anyone. You're at together. a party. Just yeah. go have sex. Like, yeah. who cares? And then, like... Spike is like there just so that he's there and yeah. like also you're in the initiative house this whole thing is happening but like where does the initiative go yeah like they're trying to fight off these spirits or whatever and like there are no There's soldier like a vague, guys to vague be found explanation about that everything is vague I think yeah that really bothered me I think what bothers me I mean what bothers me the most is that this feels it feels to me like okay so sex in the Buffy show it is an important thing I think right like there's the whole angels thing that we've already been through in season two and and that like other experiences that Buffy's had like I I really appreciate that it's part of the show because I think it is an important like it's often a part of people's adolescence and you know I don't know like there's just something about it that's like they don't always exactly get it right but I appreciate that it's something that they broached even though I guess again also every CW show ever slash WB has has done it I don't know I just Felt like they just wanted to make an episode that, like, they thought was scandalous, I guess. It just feels like it's a really bad, poorly used tool for me. Because they don't, like, I do not understand the metaphor, if there is one, other than maybe 
again, Buffy getting kind of punished for having sex in the first place. Like, I don't really understand that. Like, Willow and Terror also sort of weirdly get punished. Like, I don't understand. Is that the point of it? Were Xander and Anya supposed to be the focus of this episode because it's about them? Like, it was just all over the place. And then at the end of it, like, it's not even a satisfying conclusion. Like, they're not actual ghosts. That would have been better if they were actual ghosts and that woman had been, like, a real murderer. Like, I don't know. It's something about it was just, like... They got to the end and I was like, that's it. Like, there's no pun intended climax to this episode. And like, I, why, why did we do this? It's, it's just weird because it's like, it seems like they're trying to kind of make a story about what happens when like, say your friends get in a new relationship and get all wrapped up in each other and like, talk about that. But then it turns into this weird detour of like the really religious woman abusing the kids. Yeah. And then (laughs) it's like, it all manifests, but it, it also doesn't make any sense because there's no evidence that any of these kids died. Exactly. So, like, where are the spirits coming from? Who are they even contacting when they do their little seance if no one's dead? Yeah. It, like, doesn't make any it doesn't sense. Make and a and piece at the end, at, also at the at, at the very heart of it is like this thing that Buffy and Riley are doing together. But it's also kind of like you look at like them just being really wrapped up in each other, and you're kind of like, so. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's like they're trying to make it a big deal that they're 19, 20 year olds. <laughs> I was actually more interested in the Xander and Anya stuff because they're having a real conversation about do we have a real relationship or is the only thing that our relationship is, is it sex? Which is an interesting parallel to Buffy and Riley. Sure. At this point, their relationship is like 100% about sex, but they're totally fine with that because it's like a new relationship and like all this stuff. Oh, and I think because they know that they have something else going on. Exactly. But like Xander and Anya had a relationship that was very much like Buffy and Riley's, but like now they're trying to confront the fact of like, oh, how do we build a relationship? relationship out of this and I think that part's interesting but the episode barely pays any attention to it well it barely pays any attention to it but then it also does this as a service of kind of putting Xander back into this like shitbag attitude of like oh he and Anya have one fight and they're both out well mostly him are out picking up other people I'm like you guys didn't even break up why are you flirting with this girl at the party or like maybe have a flirtatious conversation sure but like he's kind of actively pursuing her at one point and, like, they also, they try and pose it as though Anya's doing the same thing, but she's, I think, pretty clear that she's not interested in Spike and that she's just talking to him because, like, they do get each other on a level with their, like, demon, you know, their demon connection is a real thing. And he's, like, one of the only people that bothers to take the time to talk to her. So, like, I don't know. I don't appreciate that they were kind of trying to put them on the same level as, like, they're both trying to flirt around with other people, but, like, it, why are you making Xander do this? He's, we spent all this time making him almost bearable in this season. Like, why are you, don't backtrack. <laughs> Well, and especially because the in the beginning when he and Anya are having the argument, he sounds really mature and reasonable. Yeah, like, that's funny. That's what Alex said, too. I thought he also sounded, I thought they sounded equally, not exactly immature as, like, neither of you know what's going on. No, I think when he's telling Anya, like, one night off from sex is not a big deal. Right, and like, right. It's, like, all that. And, like, he was really reasonable. And then he kind of spiraled because she wouldn't let it go. But, like... Yeah, okay, okay. I, I think, like, his initial reaction was, like, very calm and measured. And, like, it was yeah, totally, I guess, like, oh, this is a mature Xander. And then, yeah, and then at the party, he's, like, just hitting on this girl. Like, it just... I mean, and, like, to be fair, he didn't really want to do anything more than that. Like, he has to play spend the bottle, and he's kind of like, He didn't have to. He walked over there. He saw her sitting there and then joined. Yeah, but when he, you know, then Mm. it was time to kiss her, he was like, oh, I don't really want to do this. Like, I'm not, you know, saying, like, his behavior was perfect, but, like, it also wasn't as bad. But, like, it is a little bit of an interesting direction to take. And also, like, in service of what? Exactly. I I mean, that's the question about this whole thing. Why is any of this happening? It's not making me feel 
anything for any of the characters. It's very awkward. Like, it's not sexy, <laughs> you know, the way that, like, some of the Buffy and Angel stuff, and even some of the Buffy and Riley stuff has been in the past. It's just weird. Like, the way that yeah. they frame them in bed is weird. It was like, why are we doing this weird bird's eye view? And, like, I don't know, the whole thing. But um, I'm sorry. I totally forgot after I gave my summary to tell you my weird story about this episode. Um, you may recall... I sure hope you do. That one time when we when we lived in San Francisco together, I met randomly met a guy out one night, and then we went on a date together. And then we were talking. I must have brought up I must have brought up Buffy because why else would we have talked about it? I uh, wonder why this relationship didn't go anywhere, guys. Uh, just kidding. So he, we were eating dinner, and I was telling him about Buffy, and then he told me that his sister is in this episode. I always think about it, and his sister is the girl that's like standing next to the orgasm wall with the guy from Beer Bad. Also is that the guy from Beer Bad? It is the guy from Beer Bad. Oh, I never noticed that. Yeah. He's still, like, pontificating his, like, import. He didn't learn anything, <laughs> clearly, from that experience because he's drinking beer and he's, like, espousing, like, haughty ideas to another girl, like, to pick her up. But anyway, I went on a date with that girl's brother one time. Cool story. <laughs> I do remember this now, but that's not the story that I thought you were going to tell. <laughs> I guess it's just, like, of all the episodes to have a guest spot in like this episode is the one and maybe I'm mixing up which girl she is but I'm pretty sure it was that girl I know I tried to look it up later but I couldn't I didn't get anywhere with it hopefully they don't listen I to this podcast only remember about one time I think I was like I don't even know if I had moved here yet or I was just visiting but we were like having a conversation with someone and like you, you literally turned to me and you were like, like, you know, that one episode of Buffy. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God. And like, we literally had an entire like silent conversation about this episode of like reference or whatever. And like, whoever we were talking to just looked at us like we had just done something so bizarre. I didn't remember that until you just said it, but that is really funny. And we were both like, what? And he was like, you two literally said nothing. <laughs> but like, we had so... You discussed must have this episode yeah. in depth before that like we knew exactly yeah like you've never liked this episode no no I, I guess I haven't I mean and unlike almost everything else that I didn't think I liked that when we watch it I'm like well there's this thing that's redeeming about it or I understand like with iRobot it's like well I understand hey that one is also just so firmly rooted in its time that like you know, it, it's just kind of never going to be able to get out of it, but it's still interesting. Whereas, like, this is just, like, adults trying to write about young adults, and it's not working. <laughs> right? I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't, like, actively hate this episode, but I would never put it on, like, a can't-miss list. Like, you know, honestly, you the only thing I would think where it falls in the arc of the season is, like, there's even more overt kind of indications that Willow and Tara are um, more than friends mm -hmm. and like, you know, Buffy and Riley have recovered from the right. fake debacle, like, and then some, you know, like, yeah. but beyond that, like, it's not, it's, it's a placeholder episode because we're about to get into the end of the season. And so I, it's like, they literally were like, we can't do that yet, but what do we do? Okay. Here's, here's why I think I really do hate it. I, and this is true for most things in life, <laughs> you know, is this like, I feel this is so mediocre and then they didn't really even do a good job with it mediocre wise. Cause like even some of the more forgettable episodes of Buffy, when we've gone back and watched them, it's like, Oh, but this one has a lot of good jokes in it or something like this one did not make me laugh. It uh, other, again, other than that Giles scene, which we should talk about nothing about it 
made me amused at all. Like, I literally didn't laugh. Well, like, I always laugh at Buffy because there's always some funny zinger that somebody says that is like, oh, haha, that's so funny, even if everything else doesn't make sense. So, like, it's not funny. The plot doesn't make any sense. And I think that that's the thing that I was trying to say a second ago is that I it's mediocre, it strives for mediocrity, and then it doesn't even quite get there. But, like, I really hate medium things a lot more than I hate something that's awful that failed completely and is a fiasco or something that like really tried and succeeded like this is just so much more boring to me that like you couldn't even make sense (laughs) and it's not funny yeah I will say the only line that caught my attention wasn't even because it was funny but because it really dated this episode oh it was when Xander like made a reference to Felicity yeah (laughs) and I was like oh that's what you this was (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I feel like people still make reference to that though. Like what a crazy thing that that. But like, do you think people like young people now even know what they're talking about? I don't know. I like to them like like, Felicity is like a spy. (laughs) Like, yeah, you know, like, and like Carrie Russell doesn't even have curly hair anymore. Like people don't even like, I don't know. People must know. Maybe. Maybe not. Let's take a poll. (sighs) Yeah. Let us know if you're under 20 and you know who Felicity is <laughs> or know under what that 25 re- I'd say okay and know <laughs> what the reference is I guess not just know who Felicity is but understand the reference I'm not going to yeah. explain it because that would give it away just yeah. kidding it's fairly obvious yeah <laughs> um yeah I think her hair was slightly longer than Julie's <laughs> yeah well okay I guess in terms of things the handful of things that I gleaned from this episode. You yeah. just, like, just said that you can't even like find the good in this no, episode it's not and now you're going to try. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to try and say it's good. But continuity-wise, both of the things that you said, yes, we uh, Riley and Buffy have clearly made up. Willow and Tara are still progressing. I kind of hate that they gave them that shitty scene, though. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I don't need to see people's judgment about them being together on screen also, like, oddly from Tara. I get that, again, like, they're trying to make some sort of point about it, but all it did was irritate me. Anyway, what I did what I did like is that we finally got an explanation about how Spike has any money, <laughs> and he's just been robbing people. <laughs> I was like, I guess I did laugh at that. <laughs> Whatever interaction, the interaction that he had with Anya outside the, the bronze, where also then he was like, well, still give me your money, and she was like, clearly not because you can't hurt me. I don't know. That I guess that was amusing. Spike had no yeah. reason to be in this episode, but he's still funny. I did enjoy the moment where he realized he had no reason to be yeah, there. Yeah, he talked himself out of it. <laughs> I did like that, too. You're right. Okay, so you want to talk about Giles at the coffee shop? Yeah. What is that? What's, their call, what's it called? Espresso something. It had a weird the name. The espresso pump. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> um, I don't know if we've ever heard them say the name of the I don't think they have. Before. This is weird that they just like threw it in there like we're all supposed to know. They also I just, don't like, even go to the coffee shop like, that much. You can do better than that. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I just like that episode. It's a funny... It, that more effectively, I think, kind of captured part like an, a, an important part of growing up, which is like realizing that people that are older than you are also just people <laughs> of course Giles has a life we rarely see it but it is always fun for me when we do and he's a good singer yeah the only thing I didn't like about that was like I felt like Allison Hannigan was really overdoing the surprised face yeah like, and I was like that's not her usual mo so I was just kind of like uh yeah um, I guess I just like that's Giles a, that's a nitpick so yeah yeah do you want to talk about five by five yeah are we done already 
I kind of am. I assume oh, you were. Oh, I, yeah. You didn't even want to, like, I, no, I, I don't talk know if this about is it. true. I guess but I would, like, assume that you would have just rather not talk about this episode no, at all. <laughs> quite the contrary. As much as I hate this episode, I am having a really good time talking about how much I hate it. <laughs> it yeah, I don't know. It is, like... It, yeah, it's like kind of scratching some sort of itch for me to just be like, what a sh- <laughs> stupid, shitty piece of episode this was. I'm definitely going to have to mark this episode not suitable. <laughs> like, I know, I'm sorry. Explicit. Uh, oops. <laughs> um, okay, my other comment, is that just because it can't go without being noted on, that the evil woman was also Mrs. Landingham. Yes, from West that's Wing. true. <laughs> Mrs. Landingham, what are you doing? <laughs> uh. She was in everything. She was in a lot of things. Mm. I can't remember anything else right now, but <laughs> it's a lot of things. <laughs> um, okay, now I'm done. But you didn't, okay. like, glean any sort of metaphor out of this, did you? No. Okay. The, you know, what's the other one where we were, like, really, like, yeah. what were they trying to do here? I thought and it was I, an episode of Angel, but maybe it was another episode of Buffy. We didn't yeah. like the father episode of Angel. Which one? The one with Kate's dad. Well, we're oh, like, yeah. what is even the it, point of this? This was a little bit like that, where yeah. I kind of felt like I didn't know what I was supposed to be getting out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike that one, though, I, like, remember this one exists, and in my mind, it's always just like, oh, yeah, the one where Buffy and Riley, like, can't stop having sex. <laughs> like, great. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm ready to move on. Okay. Tell me about 555. So, okay. So, as you might guess from the title... <laughs> Uh, this has a lot to do with Faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who we last saw fleeing Sunnydale in the back of a chicken truck or something. I don't know. I think that's how she, Buffy, that's what she fell into when Buffy murdered her. Oh, well, she was in the back her. of some kind right? of truck, but yeah. she was on her way out of town and nobody knew where she was going. Mm-hmm. And apparently nobody thought to tell anyone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that Faith was awake. So we come in and the angel team is chasing down this kid who finds all his friends like cut up by demons and like put in a fire and so he starts running from the demons but turns out angel was sent to track this kid down to try to get him to testify against some mm-hmm. criminal who is of course being represented by wolfram and hart mm-hmm. so since angel does get this kid to testify wolfram and hart loses their case and they're really angry as you might imagine because angel is still causing them all kinds of problems mm-hmm. so a couple of the lawyers discover that there's a rogue slayer in town as we see Faith come off a bus in L.A. and immediately beat up some guy mm-hmm. and decide she's going to like it there. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's gone from injured in the back of some truck on the way out of Sunnydale to landing in L.A. and deciding she's just going to squat for a while and do some damage, I guess. Mm-hmm. So we see Lindsay again, who I think we last saw in the pilot. Yeah, he hasn't been back. Yeah, and also uh, the lawyer who had previously dealt with Angel, I forget his name, and then also Lila, who we saw in The Ring. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of teamed up to try to um, track down Faith and convince her to help them. So they're going to attempt to get her off of her murder charges, but also pay her to take out Angel. Mm -hmm. Um, And Faith is only happy to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Faith starts, you know, showing up and attack. Like she tries to shoot Angel in the back with a crossbow. He stops her. Everybody's kind of like, "Wait a second, Faith's awake." Because again, nobody warned them that mm-hmm. Faith woke up. Angel wants Wesley and Cordelia to kind of lie low until, like, he deals with the problem. 
because Faith also comes to the angel investigations offices and shoots Angel. Um, he won't engage, and which obviously frustrates her because she's like full on psychotic. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up hiding out in Cordelia's apartment. And when Wesley and Cordelia show up, she knocks Cordelia out and she kidnaps Wesley um, because she's basically decided that she's going to take this opportunity to torture her old watcher, possibly to death, but also use it as a way to draw out Angel, mm-hmm. um, which works. Like, she tortures Wesley for a while, Angel shows up, and then he and Faith have, like, this knockdown, drag-out fight, fall out of a window into the alley, and Faith starts screaming to him, I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad, and then (laughs) Angel, like, hugs her or whatever, and Wesley, like, witnesses all of this, and is kind of like, what the hell? And we we, we end the episode. (laughs) Thank you for being so specific in quoting Faith. (laughs) Thank you. I just like was like I almost wanted to like start this episode by like playing like bad Michael Jackson. <laughs> that would have been a good idea. Because <laughs> that's basically what she's singing the whole yeah. time. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm bad. <laughs> um, it's a really odd thing to be yelling. It is. <laughs> like, that's I why mean, I was kind of like, what? I mean, it did take me out of the episode, and I don't. No, we can unlike talk about how I hate. I really enjoyed talking about how I hated that episode of Buffy. I don't really like talking about how I don't like Eliza Dushku's acting, all evidently contrary, but, like, she really but can't pull it off, you know? When a like, lot of this is hinging on yeah. her being a good actress, like, yeah, it's you know just hard I think she's make... actually fine at the psychotic stuff. Yes, like, uh, yes, she's, 100%. I mean, Faith is tracking a trail of destruction across Los Angeles. Well, like, she's beating up a bunch of people in the club while trying I, to dance. And I like, actually really liked that scene. Over the top yeah. as it was, like, they, yeah, like, after she gets to L.A., she's, like, goes to a club, because that's what she does. And then while she's there, she literally starts a fight on, pretty much on purpose, and then it's just, like, dancing as everybody else gets in a fight around her, and occasionally, like, throwing out a pretty cool kick. And I was like, you know what? Did you, I am into this. <laughs> did you see the new Jumanji? No, I didn't. Okay, well, one of the characters, it's like a video game version of Jumanji, and one of the characters' special skills is dance fighting, (laughs) (laughs) and that's all I could think about watching this was Faith is dance fighting. (laughs) But, like, yeah, you're totally right that, like, she can pull off that kind of, like, chaotic, like, impish stuff that Faith does, and I think that that stuff was fun to watch. It's just when I got to the end of it. Yeah, it There's was a, a lot weird, of dramatic. It was a weird like, acting that she's being asked to do, and and on top of that, I think that episode didn't transition it very well because I don't. I unlike what they normally would do in Buffy, I think they didn't really seed that idea. You know, like other if you hadn't watched the episode of Buffy, you wouldn't really understand that she has is starting to come to terms with the fact that she kind of hates herself, right? And even knowing that from having watched the episode of Buffy, I really didn't see it in the first. 75% of this episode or okay, even the so first let's... 90% of the episode, right? Is like, and I get it that like that kind of stuff can be subtle and it's not necessarily something that you're aware of, but I just feel like they made it too subtle. And then it was like, oh, oh, right. She hates herself. Like, why are you crying in an alley? <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about that because I think for me, that's the one thing that really makes this episode a struggle because yeah. like, even if you have watched the last two episodes of Buffy, there's no indication that that even happened yeah. by Faith's behavior. Like right. at the end of Who Are You, Faith is like a little bit chastened. She's like a little bit upset with herself. Like we kind of see her, like we talked about this. She kind of goes on this journey. Yeah. But here she like shows up in LA and she's just like a psychopath. And like there's no indication that she's learned anything. And yeah. if you're less interaction with her is the end of season three of Buffy. She's gone from like unhinged and unstable to like full on gleefully 
beating yeah. people up and yeah. killing them, maybe. Yeah. And it's a little bit like the leap from like A to like H is like right. And there, it's a little bit jarring, even having watched the last episodes of Buffy that she was in, but maybe even especially having watched those because yeah. it, at this point, it seems like they had no effect on I her. I mean, it does make sense to me that she's going through some sort of, like, backlash, you know, of, like, being annoyed that she let herself have those thoughts and, like, trying... Like, she is... I think the point that they do make it by the end of the episode is that she's trying so hard to... Well, they're making a couple of points, but... I I do buy that she having come starting to come to terms with with her feelings about herself flings herself even further in a dark path. I I do think that there is a way that that could have made sense. I just don't think that they made it make sense. If that makes yeah. sense, because again, when she got to the end and she's like, oh, it's clear that like she was sort of on a suicide mission, right? Of like she was trying to get Angel to kill her so that because she's not in a good place right now, and I think that that was a an interesting sentiment. That is like, oh, okay, that is something that I could understand. I don't know. But yeah, I just, it's like, oh, I just wish you had just had a moment where she like did, had gave, had a pause or a moment where she seemed to like take a breath and power through or something like that. Whereas instead, not, you know, metaphorically, not necessarily that had to be the way the scene plays out, but like instead it just, she's just going full throttle back into her old personality. I guess it is then some of that does probably still rest on Eliza Dushku's shoulders of like just not being able to sell it as something a little more subtle than that. But I don't know if it's a question of her not selling it or if they didn't even try. Like, I I just feel like until that last scene, there's just no through line. Yeah. And that that scene was a big turn. It was like a a 180, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it was. And then also I think the problem too is that there's all this focus on Faith and what she's doing and everybody's kind of on edge about her. Mm-hmm. And I think I get what they're trying to do, but then there, and maybe this is something where once you watch them together, it makes more sense. Yeah. But the flashbacks were really bizarre. They were. To me because yeah. there's all this focus on Faith and then we're having these flashbacks yeah. to Angel's time when he first fed on the gypsy and turned. Mm-hmm. And I think the direction it's going is like, we're going to see Angel reckoning with his violent past and trying to impart some of those lessons to Faith. But I feel like that would have worked better for the next episode because now it's just really jarring because you're like, oh, I'm watching this episode about Faith coming to town and what's going on. But then it seems to also be about Angel because of these flashbacks. Yeah. It was kind of like the flashbacks in the one with the prodigal where you're like, these have nothing to do with anything. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't even really thought about that, although I was kept, I did keep, again, because I sort of remember how this ends, that I was like, oh, okay, that's why they're showing these in the beginning of the episode, but then by the end of the episode, when they haven't made any connection between Angel and Faith, it's like, why, why did you spend all that time on that? You could have spent that time, you know, giving Wesley a little bit more story or spending a little more time with Faith. Like, there, there were things that needed to be aired out in this episode, and instead you spent it with Angel. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess because they didn't want to make an Angel episode more eighty <laughs> percent about Faith, who's not even a regular cast member. <laughs> but like, then why? Okay, but uh, I mean, that's that. I didn't hate. I didn't hate this episode. I no. I, I want to be clear annoyed. that I I actually enjoy this episode. Yeah. I mean, the parts that work really work. Well, like, and again, Faith I really is- enjoyed the first seventy five percent of it. Like watching Faith kind of go off the deep end was was very entertaining. <laughs> Well, and I love all the scenes at Wolfram and Hart. Like, we're finally getting to the parts where the law firm is 
a clear and present danger to Angel and his team. And like we're seeing the ways they're noticing his him as a threat to them and trying to maneuver in their legal way to, to deal with it or yeah. an extra legal way. And also that scene where Angel puts on a suit and walks into the yeah. law firm is just amazing. <laughs> uh, but also just the scenes of like the weird, the, the totally typical office politics that they're having amidst all of this, you know, it's like hyper sinister because you know that they're all really evil people but even just kind of that like oh that guy gets mad because lila like wedges her way into his good idea of hiring the slayer is like that is well that's a, and the way they get a, rid of some office competition by letting faith basically like beat yeah, the hell out of that yeah. guy but i just think that is the, I, i'm actually even still just just the office politics that is a very like buffy universe thing to do of like take this totally normal thing but put it in the supernatural context and it makes it kind of shine even more <laughs> i don't know i really no. i was like oh that's right i remember why they decided to go hard into wolfman heart because these scenes are delightful <laughs> no but, I but i think you're right i think that's what makes them work is like it's like they're really good even at, though they've yeah. raised it to like this evil level and they're and you know they're making these casual threats about killing people and they they're like instead of like being like a hyperbole like they actually yeah, mean they just this mean stuff it, that yeah. they're saying but i also think it's like it's kind of like with the mayor where he's yes, like evil, yes. but it's like all the civic stuff yeah, happening yeah, too. Exactly. Like it, none of it is really that far fetched for like exactly. You're like this is totally like, how yeah yeah. There are places and offices that operate this way, other than the fact that they're not defending vampires. <laughs> yeah, and and also like this episode brings in Lindsay and Lila as yeah. two more major players. I want to mention Lindsay because yeah. he's going to be an important character and we have not seen him since it I is think, weird. the pilot. No, you're and totally right. For someone who became so important, he's taken a while to come back. Yeah. And also let's just say Christian Kane not a bad guy to have around. <laughs> um I mean, but also his his suit was so 90s <laughs> so baggy <laughs> uh, okay so a couple of other things speaking of the angel flashbacks part of what happened in that right or tell me if i misunderstood it is that he did kill people after he had his soul back he was feeding I on that person that was the implication there right I don't know because he he, was so hungry or whatever not because he was evil anymore but that he had killed people even after he got his soul back I think he killed that guy, the one guy. or mm-hmm. fed on him, but then he couldn't feed on the woman. Mm-hmm. Like, but I mean, that yeah, is... Yeah, like it yeah. wasn't an immediate like turn because he didn't, you know, he's like adjusting to like this new, this new reality of like still having these urges and not I, being able to not follow through on them, but right. also re- recognizing that like morally he can't do it. And also though, I think being actually starved. <laughs> Because he right. hasn't been feeding on people and re- being so desperate that he's like, well, may- yeah, maybe I can try this thing that I was doing for a century or however long. Yeah. Um, and we also see the I, I just think that further is a, backstory the, of, like, Darla's role in all of this, yeah, too. Yeah. Which will be important. But mostly I just think that was an interesting tidbit that, not tidbit even, but, like, that's a big piece of Angel's backstory that they've never mentioned before i mean probably because they didn't write it until this episode but still i think right. that that's worth pointing out like that he didn't immediately stop feeding on people or really just that he still committed yeah that, i think that we've been living in this very black and white world of like angel soul is good angel bad angel no soul is bad but the reality is even more you know as it always is is a little grayer than that even with our right. our hero of the show no i i think you're right i mean it is an interesting thing to 
consider because we haven't been asked to before. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to be, see, I think this is the problem that I'm having is I think that that's going to come into play. It definitely as a is. a thought provoking yeah. <laughs> thing later or even in the next episode. Yeah. And, and, and I do enjoy these flashbacks. I think I always enjoy the flashbacks on Angel. I think I've said before that they really give a richness to like us even caring about Angel because mm-hmm. so much about Angel is understanding who he used to be. Right. But I just think that like their placement here is awkward and it's all in service of the next episode. Yeah. It just feels and yes, I think so that's much. A similar way to they went the way they did this year's girl mm-hmm. and who are you, where who are you works much better, but you have to do all the like heavy lifting in the episode before and it's like that one, yeah. maybe not as successful. Yeah. Or did you have to do all the heavy lifting, though, I guess? Yeah. I do think that they still could have cleaned this up a little bit. But, but I mean... But I think this is for the people that they're counting on having not seen Buffy, right? right? Like, you just can't assume that your entire audience understands what's happening. Right. Like, it almost feels like this entire season is, like, one year-long pilot episode of trying to reintroduce yeah. the concepts around these characters, you know? Yeah. You know, the other significant part of this episode is Wesley's interactions with Faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, as always, I enjoy everything that Wesley just says and does on screen. I love all of it. <laughs> I, I guess I don't have like a big takeaway from that. Other than that, you know, Faith is still really stuck on this idea that Buffy got dealt a better hand than she did. And she's taking it out physically on Wesley. Who then, I mean, he also, I think it's clear at the end of this episode that he's... I think he's he's running down there to help Angel kill her because he thinks she's beyond saving, which is interesting because, which is interesting, period. Right, because <laughs> Wesley starts the episode convinced that Faith can be saved mm-hmm. and Angel reminds him of his role in why she wasn't saved previously. Right. And, and to his credit, Wesley acknowledges he that he messed up. Like, he's not saying I was in the right. Like, I think Wesley no. has... He's already grown the fact that so he, much. <laughs> exactly, that he made mistakes as a watcher. He didn't, like, and, it, you know, and some of it we have to remember, it's not Wesley's fault. No, he came that into was a situation they, that was already in motion. Faith he, was already, like, you know, um, double-crossing them by the time Wesley shows up. And he's trained and, by people that were giving him tons of bad information. You know, not exactly. on purpose, but, or maybe on purpose, both, you know. And so Wesley's grown a lot, and so, but Faith doesn't know that. And yeah. But I think also because Faith then doubles down, kidnaps him, and tortures him with the intent to kill him, I mean, honestly, wouldn't that erase any doubt in your mind yeah. about, like, whether she, like, I think at that point, Wesley's like, she's dangerous I mean, and, and needs I don't to be even, put down. I don't even think that Wesley's wrong, I guess, myself. No. Really, Angel is the only person in the whole show that can understand. That can, but I that think can that's get where we're going to have to right. take these flashbacks totally. to use that. But, right, I think but you're I mean, right. Like, yeah. Wesley does go from wanting to save her to being the one at the end, like, I think he does also, I think you're right, I think he does go down there to kill her, and I think that's why he's so shocked at Angel's reaction. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think Wesley's necessarily to blame for thinking that, because she just tried to light him on fire. Yeah, yeah. Although, I will say that, I mean, I think this has a lot more to do with the fact that this is, at the end of the day, a network TV show for adolescents, but she doesn't go that far with Wesley. I think the other reading of that, which is a little less cynical, is that you know, as as we, I think, come to understand at the very end of this episode, Faith doesn't really want to kill people. So I think that part of why she doesn't actually kill Wesley or maim him a lot further than she did is because she's, it's all part of her act to herself of like how to, 
that she's bad and she's not worthy of anything. She needs to act that way. And so she's doing these things to Wesley, but I think she also can't really take it that far. You know, she doesn't have a problem killing people per se, but I do think that she seems to have some boundaries. Acc- right, accidental that's why she's boundaries. drawing it out. Yeah, exactly. Because the longer she, she doesn't want to do him, it. The more likely it is that Angel's going to find her. Or I think she can't bring herself to actually kill him. Right. Yeah. But she can buy the time. Right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. That reminds me that another thing that I meant to say right out the gate, as much as, I mean, Faith is a lot of, <laughs> I don't want to say this and have it come out the wrong way, but the very first scene, she gets off the bus and she like some guy, some skeezy guy is trying to do who knows what or any number of sinister things to her. And she, I do enjoy that she got to kind of play the like, as Buffy does often, the like, oh, I know you guys totally underestimate me because I just look like a, a, a normal teenage girl and instead I'm going to kick your ass and you totally deserve it. <laughs> I don't know why I really struggled to get that one out. But suffice it to say, I enjoyed that scene at the beginning and it is nice when I get to see, I think a little bit, there's like some satisfaction in like, well, we know that Faith is bad, but getting to see her be bad to bad people is also fun. <laughs> Also, he had kind of a nice apartment for being he a did. I had, out at the bus station. Yeah, no, I had that thought too. Oh my God, though, the actual... How uh, did Angel yes, get in? Yes, yes. How did he get in there? I, I There's almost I always some sort of circular, like, really, like, how did Angel get into the courtroom? Oh, you know, sewers, whatever, sure. Does that make any sense? No, but at least you've offered me an explanation. This one, zero sense. That makes no sense. Why have you completely flouted all the rules of vampires? Shows about a vampire. Because they already established that that guy's not dead. Exactly. Because Cordelia was like, we were on yeah. our way to the hospital to talk to him, and Angel just waltzes into his apartment. <laughs> all like, you need to do is not mention that, and I could have at least sowed the doubts of, like, well, maybe he died in the alley. <laughs> Doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, that, that, I just, like, <laughs> I, I kind of just, like, yelled out loud. I was like, no. Like... <laughs> Uh, that was Alex when we were watching. He was like, what? I was like, I don't have an answer for you this time. I always have some sort of slippery answer for you, but this time I can't come up with anything. I mean, unless the implication is that the guy then dies at the hospital, and that's what I'm going to choose to believe. Because I guess. How more, else? She really didn't beat him up. Right? I don't know. No, I guess. I don't I know, guess. but like. You know, who knows? Faith couldn't invite, if that guy's alive, Faith can't invite, Faith is not the one in control because it's not her place, but even if it transfers ownership, she never invites him in. Okay, I'm literally looking at, I was like, this has got to be on the wiki page, and it is. Angel enters the apartment without an invitation from the owner, who was made clear is not dead either. (laughs) Okay, this says it can be assumed that Faith acquired invitation rights due to her currently squatting in the apartment having previously told Angel that he had an open invitation to fight her. That is all kinds of bullshit, so. Uh, no. no. I'm not that. <laughs> no. Because no there's no, no definition she's... of where to fight. Also, like... she can't have been staying there more than one or two nights. Like, she's not squatting there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Whatever. No, I'm going to choose to believe it's an error of the writing. I agree. Because it really pissed me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, we cannot play this fast and loose with the Exactly. Like, the sunlight, us, whatever. You know, you I don't know. To but forgive like, so much. Can you not just not let him run into apartments? Um, okay, last, this is my last thought off the top of my head. So when Faith is setting up like a trap for Wesley and Cordelia, she's waiting in Cordelia's apartment. Yes, and this is what why, I want to talk why about. Is, why has Cordelia not yet learned to trust Dennis? Why yes. does she think that he's being jealous when it's like, also, why did he let them in after that? He like let her try twice and he was like, nah, fine, whatever. 
I mean, I think it totally fits with Cordelia, who would, like, assume that her ghost is in love with her. Yeah. So, like, she would be like, oh, he's just jealous. But, like, when they know that this is going yeah, on, yeah. like, shouldn't they take this as some kind of warning? Like, And again, though, that, like, I think Dennis has already saved her once or twice. So, like, do you, can he has he not earned that? <laughs> also, can Dennis not, like, throw sharp things at Faith? Like, Yeah, what? yeah. I don't know. That is weird. Way to go, Dennis. Yeah. Could have solved this whole problem. <laughs> Yeah. No, I was like, come on, Cordelia. Yeah. But, you know, it's all contrivance. Also, you mentioned this in your summary, and I'm glad that you did. But, like, <laughs> Wesley is really aggrieved that nobody thought to tell him about Faith. It's not clear to I me that they know I, that Wesley is even there, but why wouldn't they have told Angel? <laughs> I couldn't believe that. when Because yeah. like, I was like, oh, of course. And then it was just like, I was like, wait a second. Nobody thought to tell them. Because it's clear that Giles... Faith woke up and yeah. we don't know where she went. Just be on the lookout. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I guess they wouldn't assume that she would go after any of them. And also, that brings up another thing that kind of made me chuckle a little bit was, like, Wolfman Hart is, like, so in the know of, like, Faith, we have your record and, like, we know all the crimes you committed mm-hmm. and yet they still haven't figured out that Angel came from the same town. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, I guess they would have no he way to know where Angel work, came but... from, but still, I was, like, less impressed. <laughs> like, there are no Watchers Council that has diaries yeah. full of information about like Angel. that they have no indication that faith actually has a like connection interest in yeah Angel. that is yeah. pretty sloppy well i i want to say that like this is like this was a this was kind of why at the beginning i was a little bit like hemming and hawing like i do actually really like this episode and i like you know i always remember like oh yeah the episode when faith shows up like it is i think an indicator of like the quality is going to get better mm-hmm. um but i'm like just ready for the next episode yeah we're not like totally like, this one is not for its own sake so much as like as a build up to the next one. Mm-hmm. As I used to say, it's good in relation to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get. I mean, again, though, yeah, in my memory, this all happened in one episode, so I was kind of like, oh, <laughs> okay. Halfway through, I was like, man, how are they going to wrap this up? <laughs> oh, they're not going to. <laughs> it's it's very interesting that my reaction to both This Year's Girl and Who Are You and then 5 by 5 and Sanctuary are yeah, very similar. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't know if that was intentional on the part of, like, the creative teams, but it it's really interesting that they t- basically take the same formula and, like, I'm having the same reaction to both. I mean, it makes sense to me that they have the same flaws, even unintentionally. Yeah. But that said, I'm very excited for the next episode. Yeah. And um, also for the next episode of Buffy because yeah. um, Oz is back. Yeah. Spoiler. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I was talking to someone at a, at a birthday party last weekend who just started watching Buffy, and she was, like, getting really into it, and it was exciting, obviously, for me for a number of reasons. And at some point, me and we were like, oh, my God, I have a podcast. And, and she was like, oh, I'm totally going to listen to it. And then she was like, wait a minute, do you guys do spoilers? And I was like, shit, <laughs> yes, constantly, all the time. You can't listen to it at all. Because she has made it through, you know, into her early adult life without knowing basically any spoilers. And I was like, well... Them. Oh, I mean, I, I, on one hand, I want to be like, okay, they're twenty-year-old spoilers. Who cares? But on the other, if, if she don't made it know that far, now, like, exactly, I don't want to ruin exactly. it. Exactly, <laughs> that's where I was. I was like, well, I really can't sell this to you. Then. <laughs> Maybe when she finishes the series, I know. I was like, or you could come be on it. You can give us a fresh perspective. We won't do spoilers that episode. Yeah, I've invited an inevitable a lot. rewatch. We uh, can be the companion that's guide. True. I've invited a lot of people to come on our show that haven't come. Yeah. FYI. (laughs) (laughs) 
if those people are listening, it's an open invitation. Mm-hmm. You can just step right over the threshold. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. So next week we're talking about New Moon Rising is the Buffy episode and Sanctuary is the Angel episode, the follow-up to this one. I mean, I guess I don't. There's a lot of details that I don't remember about Angel, so that's exciting. I remember Oz pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's going to be a big episode for Buffy. Yeah. I'm excited well, to watch that one. The sh- Buffy the show, maybe bigger episode for Willow than right, Buffy. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and then I remember a little bit of Sanctuary, but I'm mostly excited to see the resolution of this one. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correctly, is the next one a crossover? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember if those both happen in one episode or in two episodes. Hmm. I'll be surprised. Yeah. So it should be a good week next week. And then... This week, do you have any pop culture recommendations? I, I, I know I thought of something. What was it? Oh, okay. I'm not going to... I'm going to talk about this for a long time. A few episodes ago, I mentioned that Janelle Monet had been putting out new singles and that they were really great. And last week, I totally forgot to mention that her full album came out. So uh, people should check that out if they're wanting to listen to something cool and fun and interesting and important. Also, she did a really cool music video that came out along with it. And it was like a lot, a little bit more tinge, not even a little bit more, a lot more tinge with the kind of sci-fi storyline that she has previously been like, has been a bigger part of her album. So I, I really enjoyed it, but you should listen to it. It's great. Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys does harmonies on the opening track. It's bonkers and it's great. It's not bonkers at all. It's totally beautiful. (laughs) Uh, But her album's called Dirty Computer. It's great. I mean, now that there's a Beach Boy in it, I... <laughs> I'm a little sad that that's the selling point, but sure. It's good, at a minimum. No, I, um, I've been wanting to check it out because I've been reading some really good um, reviews and also, like, interviews that mm-hmm. she's done um, around the release of this. So yeah. um, I haven't really listened to too much of her previous music, mm-hmm. though, so I, I wasn't sure if I should, like, check that out first. I or... mean, I highly recommend all of it, but I think... If you've never listened to any of it, I would maybe listen to some of the tracks off of Electric Lady, which is the last album that she put out. I think those are really approachable and are really good singles that like bridge like kind of all the things that she's been doing. And if you want to listen to other stuff, I would start with that. I think it's a more approachable. That's also sort of a personally direct that's personally directed at you. If I thought you really wanted to be involved in the like sci-fi storyline, then I would say go further back. But I would start with Electric Lady. I mean, I like sci-fi. <laughs> okay. Well, then listen to all of it. It's all great. Yeah. Yeah, but I have to check it out. I um... You definitely don't have to have listened to anything else in order to enjoy any of it. And again, all of the bigger singles are, I mean, really almost all of the songs anyway are great standalone songs, but then they also fit into this like greater like sci-fi narrative, but also just greater like cultural narrative that she's doing. And that's, I think what I, it's one of the things that I really enjoy about it. But at the end of the day, they're just really, really fun to listen to. Like, I said this before, but like one of the singles that she came out with is this song called Make Me Feel. And it like, it is literally a Prince song. Like she just wrote a really great Prince song and then performs the hell out of it. And it's like, there's no way to not enjoy it because it's just fun. Well, he was her mentor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were really close. Yeah. Which I didn't know that. Yeah. And she talks um, about it. It makes me tear up a little bit. Yeah. No, I do too. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is really yeah. exciting. <laughs> um. No, I'll have to check that out. I'll add it to my long list of things that mm-hmm. you have told me to watch or listen to. And I, I think that list is two things long, and it's Janelle and Terrace House. <laughs> yes. Maybe Superstore, but oh, I don't. Uh, yeah. That 
is the thing that I really that like, feels but that's urgent. not, yeah, that's not like, <laughs> it's not going to change your life. It's just a really, it is a really solid, fun show. Okay. I hope Jordan's happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You better be <laughs> happy, Jordan, because I am not going to put, I'm not going to say <sighs> Avengers is my, <gasps> oh, I, I did see Avengers. I it. it was fine. Oh no. But you're going to get us a lot of angry letters. <laughs> By a I'm lot. Not, I mean no, it one. was you know what? It was okay. I think we've reached a point with the Marvel movies. This is okay, this is not going to be a recommendation <laughs> because no, I mean I feel like if you've watched all the Marvel movies or some of the Marvel movies yeah, no, or I, you have a stake in the Avengers like this is a totally like wonderful, interesting conclusion to this chapter that's been going on in these movies, but I also think that I, watching this movie, Infinity War, I just had this realization of, like, honestly, like, the internet and the knowledge of, like, what's to come Mm -hmm. just, like, spoiled everything because, like, literally I was watching the movie and the ending, I'm not going to spoil the ending, but the ending is, like, really dark and also, like, it's it's a surprising turn for a Marvel movie, right? And, like, I went to see it with a friend and he, like, turned to me and he was like, whoa, and I just literally was like, no, there's another movie next year. Yeah. And he went, oh, never mind. Yeah. Like, it was just, like, one of those things where, like, the fact that I know that there's another Avengers movie, right. that there's a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movie being made, that there's a Spider-Man right. movie, movie being no, made. No, I that feel that way often All of these sequels too. coming, like, honestly, like, I can't get worked up about anything that happens in this movie because it's all temporary. Right. Like, every, I mean, and I think that's the nature of comics, right? Is, like, nothing yeah. sticks. And I think the interesting thing is not what happens, but how it happens mm-hmm. and, like, the character interactions. And, and and in that regard, I'm still fine with it. But I also was just, like, I had this huge moment of frustration where I was, like, I can't enjoy this movie the way it's meant to be watched or feel anything about it because I already know too much right. about what's to come. And, like, that's not even having tried. Like, I very intentionally didn't read spoilers. Like, it's just, like, oh, like, just the fact that I know that they're not going to stop making these movies right, kind right. of ruins everything. Like, if they were like, this is the last one ever, I would have been like, oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I don't know. So it was, a, it was an interesting experience, I think, watching that movie. But that being said, if you enjoy those movies, it was fine. It was, you know, <laughs> entertaining and funny and spectacle and all of that. Yeah. Um, I still like Black Panther better, but. Yeah. Oh, and the fact that there's going to be another Black Panther movie. Like, I just, it's just so much. Yeah. That's just. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, I have hopes for the directions that these go, but mm, it was very frustrating. <laughs> like I was like, you've kind of like they've made it bigger than it. Yeah, it's almost too big to succeed in like a narrative way. Yeah. So I mean, that's anyway. the kind of I, I feel like that's the the real criticism of like Disney owning everything because it's the same thing with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Where other than maybe the one off movies that they're doing are the only thing where I feel like there's you can get any real stake out of anything because. Well, they're not necessarily no, going to follow think, it up with something. Whereas, But I the, think that's why I enjoyed the last Star Wars movie, because they kind of let things conclude. Oh, I mean, I did not feel that way at all. <laughs> Were there any conclusions? Yeah. Ugh. There was a whole character that his arc is ended. I, I don't believe that, though. That's, I guess, what I'm saying. Is this like, maybe, oh. but like, ugh. Okay. I don't want to go down this. <laughs> I don't want to go down this path. Regardless, I think that it... I think that your criticism is a criticism of, of even more than just Marvel. It's of this whole, it's that whole, they're, Disney's franchise machine. Yeah. Of like, well, it I makes think that's it, the problem with it, franchises. Yeah. Is you, you, it, you lack the. Nothing can feel There's no real. narrative weight yeah. because there's no, like the narrative never sticks. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So anyway, that's my my non-recommendation recommendation. Yeah, okay. Okay, so what team are you on this Ugh, week? I want to say no one. <laughs> I haven't even really thought about this. I guess Wesley, because that's my yeah. kind of default. But, like, I mean, he did some good things, but, like, this is a, like, default Team Wesley. Not a, like, I mean to suggest that everybody else was so terrible that I just have to resort to my standby. I think I'm Team Lindsay. Oh, that's, okay, I accept. Just because welcome to Angel. Yeah. Team Lindsay and his baggy balloons. <laughs> I don't know. There, I, I agree. This is, like, not a week where I really want to be Team Anyone. Yeah. Well, then I won't be. I don't have to. Well, I already did. It. <laughs> you can't take it back now. It's <laughs> on the record, that. Allie. It's on the record. Uh, All right. Well, I will talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. Once More with Commentary is produced by me, Allie. And me, Ginny. Our theme music is from the album Rockingham by Nerf Herder. And our podcast logo is by Ryan Cooney. You can email us at scoobies at oncemorewithcommentary.com with any feedback, questions, comments that you have, and find us on Twitter and Instagram at omwcpodcast. You can also find our most recent episodes and any show notes at oncemorewithcommentary.com. <laughs>